This is Reverend Chuck Blair. Welcome to our weekly podcast on New Church Live. Uh, so, as Angela did mention, I, I think when Chuck asked me about doing this, I, I just need one second out of the light, sorry. Um, Chuck gave me um, two worry stones to, to help with my anxiety. Uh, I only got through one of them, so that was helpful. Uh, yeah, thanks. Uh, it is 52 years in the making. I'll talk a little bit later for, for me with anxiety. But first, to start with a caveat. Today, I am here to talk about that generalized anxiety that probably creeps into most of our lives, um, or some of us think, oh, it's not a problem for me, and maybe we're the folks, and you'll see other parts, where we're overcompensating for it. But this is not that clinical anxiety. So just to distinguish if there's something more serious, uh, we're not talking so much about that today, and um, this will be more the day-to-day stuff. Um, the other thing is for me, and I hope you'll indulge me, the way I deal with anxiety is very much through humor. You've already seen it. This is very nerve-wracking for me. Um, I tend to use humor. If there's anything I say today, I encourage and welcome you to not only laugh at, uh, but laugh with me. It, it's one of my techniques, so um, I, I hope to encourage that more today. Um, the other thing is that we uh, Googled anxiety just to check what happens, and I think this is why I was chosen. It, <laughs> Um, when you Google anxiety, that's the picture you get. Um, the other interesting thing about this, though, if you look at the upper left, I was actually shocked that there's over 350 million, if I'm reading that correct, citations on anxiety. It, it's really out there for us. So I think it's a topic that's very much um, topical, and as the uh, series, this is the third series that we'll be talking about, um, it is a place where you can bring a light to the darkness. Anxiety can create darkness, and it's a great place to shine that light. Um, so with that, next slide. Uh, this was just supposed to you know, kind of remind us that you know, it can get carried away. And I thought this was a cute chuckle until two things reminded me how acute anxiety can be. So um, last week when Chuck was doing the series on fear, I was uh, watching from the Poconos, and I decided what could be better? I'll go listen, watch and walk in the woods. So put on my earbuds, took three steps out the door, instantly heard sounds, and thought, oh my God, there's a bear going to eat me. Um, it's crazy how it comes up like that. The other thing was um, yesterday, as uh, the Pennsylvanians know, was opening day of trout season, and I thought, that's a great way of dealing with my anxiety. I can get outside, I can do something. I didn't get halfway there before I said, what if I don't catch enough fish? What if somebody else gets more fish than me? So it really can be that acute. Even trying to deal with anxiety can create anxieties, and, and certainly that, that became less of a cartoon and more of a, a true, um, true experience. Um, just to connect, this is the third of a three-part series, and in the part about addiction and the part about fear, there's a lot of commonalities, I think, and we can try and take away from. One is that it is a chance to be vulnerable. I would encourage, you know, remember a series several weeks ago about vulnerability. Um, that's a great way to lean into it. It's a place where faith can really help us through those situations. And then lastly, courage. And I think that's the theme that runs through all three of these sections. But what better way to talk about anxiety that, since I'm in a state of anxiety, I thought I'd put you in a state of anxiety. The next slide. Uh, we'll come back to that one. Sorry, I may have them out of order. One more. Uh, this is the... Yes. So I'm going to put you all into the instant state of 
test anxiety with the next questions. Chuck swore I could give you guys a test and you'd do well. So in preparing for this and working with the uh, planning committee and Chuck, um, I did look around a lot, and I was surprised how many times in the Old and the New Testament this comes up. So here's just some random, and trust me, there's lots more. So you have to fill in the blank, and it's multiple choice at the bottom, so to alleviate. Um, the Lord is with me. I will not be. What can be mere? What can mere mortals do to me? Next one. Do not be, for I am with you. For I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, do not fear. Right. I will help you. Two more. I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my Great. Okay, you guys are no sense to being anxious. Uh, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give it to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be All right. You you pass with flying colors. Um, It is amazing to me, though, in searching for this and just, you know, the the Christian text of Old and New Testament, it does speak more than anything else I've been able to see is do not be afraid. And when I think about anxiety, when it takes you to that place of fear, this is a place to maybe stop and interrupt, and we'll we'll come back to that a little bit later. Um, So let me tell you a little bit about my journey. My journey is one of generalized anxiety. It has been there throughout. I think it goes in. I can already tell you the things I'm anxious about, about the things I don't know what I'm going to be anxious about in my next 20, 30 years. Um, It's it's always there, and what I call it, it's the what-ifing. It's always what if, and that's what the anxiety creates in me. What if this? What if that? And and that cycle just takes off, so it's this what-ifing anxiety that can take me to certain places and where I hope, over these 52 years, I've learned a little bit, is what I can do to get in the way of that and how I can interrupt that cycle. And we'll come back to that as well. I also think anxiety is much maligned. I think we all tend to use it as, you know, it's a bad thing. Actually, anxiety is naturally occurring. It is actually pro-social. If you're walking into the woods and you hear something, you should be maybe a little anxious. Take a second, be aware, and think about it. So with today's... um, service, I would just encourage you to really reimagine anxiety, not necessarily in a a bad light, and maybe talk about the things that we do with anxiety that maybe takes us to those places where we get stuck. We put it in the driver's seat when it doesn't necessarily belong there. Um, And with that, I guess just summarizing, so if it's not anxiety per se, what I think it is, it's the work of worrying that anxiety can sometimes spark. And with that, I can go back to that, um, the image that I came up with and, again, searched for what it was. So for me, I would encourage you to maybe embrace this as a metaphor. For the journey we're on, when anxiety is hitting, it's like walking through the woods, dark at night, and there's a lightning strike. First of all, none of us can control the lightning strike. It just happens. The question is, do we use that lightning strike maybe to light a torch, so we can see all the trailheads, all the options, all the places to go? Or do we get so nervous and worry about it that we end up fanning the fuel and burning down the entire forest? So this was a great image for me. It represents, I'm on the trail, lightning strikes, anxiety strikes, there's a choice. And so that's the image I'm gonna develop a little bit later, but I just encourage you to maybe help see that it is something as uncontrollable as lightning. 
and apologize that I need notes to deal with my anxiety, but it helps. Um, there was two quotes um, that I thought were also really helpful. First was uh, Mark Twain perfectly embraces what um, anxiety can be for us. So when asked, he said, I am an old man and have known a great many troubles, but most of them never happened. Um, and, and that's, I think, what anxiety does. It takes us to all of these what-ifs and these scenarios that we worry about. Um, the other one I really liked, and this was especially true, as you'll hear a little bit later, for me. Um, Cahill Gibran put it this way, our anxiety does not come from thinking about the future, but from wanting to control it. And there again, I'll come back to this a little bit later, that's that cycle. It's not so much um, that anxiety hits, it's that we start thinking about the future. That might be okay as well. I think anxiety should kind of say, hey, this may be a place to be cautious, take a moment. But when we start trying to control it, that's maybe where we get lost or stuck or let anxiety go in the driver's seat. So with that, um, one more slide. It's simple, we're all dismissed after this slide, right? I think it's too easy to be dismissive of how difficult the interrupting the cycle of anxiety can be. Um, you, you get all these popular phrases, you know, don't worry, be happy. Uh, Hakuna Matata from The Lion King. Um, I think this is the first in New Church Live history we're quoting, what about Bob the movie? Um, but I, I'm doing the work, I'm baby stacking, I'm, you know, not a slacker. And then um, the Beach Boys, don't worry, baby, everything will turn out all right. So I think it also, we have to hold lightly, that dealing with the anxiety can feel very present, very controlling, and we can then fuel it to say, let it be the driver's seat, and what are we going to do about it? Um, I think it's better to maybe stop, and we'll talk about this a little bit later, um, how, to, how to just prevent that from taking over. One more slide. So again, I, I referred to earlier my journey. Um, and this is another concept I share with you. Um, it's, it's somewhat personal, but it's also, I think, hopefully shareable. Uh, for me, my anxiety has always been about, I am not dot, dot, dot. So I can go back to the early childhood. I'm not going to make it in school. Generalized school anxiety. Um, I'm not smart enough. Um, wasn't long before becoming adolescent. I'm not popular enough. This one, my wife will tell you, 52 years later, I'm still stuck in. Um, but it, as a teenager, I can only tell you what feels so real. Those anxieties of, of, of teenage angst um, are fleeting, and you will learn so much from them. But uh, trust, trust me, that feeling of I'm not enough, most of your friends either have the same thing or are overcompensating for it. But um, have faith, it gets better. Um, as a young adult, I know I'm not independent enough. Can I leave my parents? Can I become my own person? Uh, later on in your early career, it might be that I'm not competitive enough. Am I going to succeed in this environment? Uh, parenting, this is one that still is there today. Am I um, enough to, to be a good parent and pass that on? Um, career progression, I'm not smart enough. Midlife crisis, I'm not complete enough. And ultimately, I think in my next 20, 30, 40 years, whatever I have left, I know it's going to be more about acceptance and preparation. And so with those, um, I'm not enough, when we come back later, we'll talk um, about what we can do to maybe get in charge of that and, um, and ultimately break a cycle.
And so I think that's a good segue to the next slide. So this is the world according to Bob. I only share it because I'm not here as a pastor or a therapist. I'm here because I belong there. Um, so with a grain of salt, I offer that the cycle for me is that moment of anxiety, I now understand I don't control it. I don't, I'm not responsible for it. Um, it's often caused me to do all this worrying. And worse yet, the worrying that I'm not enough creates a sense of perfection. Oh my God, I gotta be better. I've gotta be a perfect parent, perfect worker, perfect husband, perfect everything else, perfect friend, perfect son. All of those perfections come in. And because I can't live up to all of those self-imposed, I start doing the next easiest thing and I start blasting the darkness. I start condemning everybody else for their imperfections. And you know what that does? That just creates more anxiety. So as the band comes out, I leave you with that image first, that that's the cycle, potentially, a, a worry of looking at this, um, a way of just understanding that anxiety creeps in. It may start a cycle, and then we'll talk a little bit after um, this next song about things we can do, hopefully. Um, if we talked about it being a lightning strike that we can't control, um, what is it that we can potentially control? And again, I offer this is not always easy, but I think the first thing that I would encourage is lean into it. If it's a naturally occurring op opportunity, it may be that very spark that we should be cautious and take a moment. But lean in and acknowledge it very much, uh, I think was a big help. Um, then it's when that vulnerability comes in to potentially surrender and release. Uh, so those are the, the concepts that I would, I would suggest may be helpful um, this week as we experience our own anxieties. And I think as I was thinking more about this, um, the anxieties of all the folks around us, you know, and how to think of it in, in what they're going through and how we can be more sensitive to it. But um, when Chuck was talking last week about shedding light on fear, he referenced in the um, Bible, oftentimes the word is, uh, for God is Emmanuel, God with us. And I do think that's really powerful when you're feeling afraid to think God is with us. But another uh, term for God is Yahweh, which simply means I am. And for anxiety, this has been uh, a potential way that I, I become more aware of. If this cycle of anxiety is I'm not enough, dot, 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 I need to simply stop and one word, Yahweh, or the three words, I am enough. Uh, that's the way I've been breaking the cycle. Um, the, um, I think, it, let me see if the next slide comes up, sorry. So in breaking that cycle, we talked about that earlier, that instead of getting into the work of worrying and letting it consume us, maybe we even fan it, and then ultimately and cause all these other things. Um, for me, it's that lean in it becomes really, really powerful. Um, there's other ways of dealing with it. For me, I told you earlier, laughter, laughing at myself, laughing at um, the anxiety, not so much the core, but truly laughing at the, the situation that's making me anxious and looking at some of the things I'm doing to become less anxious. Uh, laughing at that can help a lot. Um, another thing is prayer. And I want to be careful here, and I want to be um, hold this very tenderly. I, obviously, prayer can help, but I would encourage you to sometimes think, um, and I use myself as an example, if the, if the anxiety is, I'm not good enough, what if I fail, what if I mess up, what do I do, I'm going to say a prayer to God. God, 
don't let me mess up, don't let me think. The, the prayer can just be as bad as the anxiety. So, I, and I think God will still listen, uh, is, my, is my best guess. But I would just be a little bit more careful about the prayer to be one of, let me lean in, let me acknowledge, let me thank you for this moment to be anxious, and then let, let me let go. And uh, oftentimes uh, the, the sermon writing committee came up with the let go and let God, a good reminder of let go and let God. Um, from there, meditation, I think, can help. And I, I think, I am not a meditator. I have tried desperately. I'm not good at it. Um, but I, for those, it, it is very helpful. What I would also say, in addition to the meditation that maybe takes that 30 minutes or, or, or longer, also just try and work on those small meditations. Just have those small moments to break the cycle and get out of the, the rut um, moving forward. The other thing, and um, I don't know if um, I'm sharing, I guess bearing my soul, and I apologize for that. That wasn't the intent of today. But I, I did study psychology for over six years, ultimately not to go and do anything with psychology because I failed. <laughs> um, uh, so another anxiety I've, I've carried for a long time. But what I can tell you is um, what, what some of the study is, and I, I only simply cite this as a, a metaphor for us in those small day-to-day anxieties, is just move, get up walk. Um, I think I'll tell you in the study of anxiety and treatment of anxiety, um, activity and exercise is really important. So it again, if nothing else, can help break that cycle. Ultimately for all of us though, and this is you know, very much in, in the new church um, uh, thinking as well as what Pastor Chuck encourages us, that action is even better if it leads to serving. And I think that is another way to contain the anxiety um, and the path it might take us by thinking these actions I take, this small walk, and I can use it to serve somebody else. Um, so uh, that, uh, done with that slide. Um, the other thing is to be mindful that uh, in Cahill Gabron's thing, it's trying to control it. I think for anxiety, um, trying to kill it, trying to say anxiety has no purpose in my life is, is maybe a fool's errand ultimately. So we can release that. Uh, trying to avoid it and always stay away from it, again, may be the work of worrying. Um, so I would encourage you not to always think of anxiety as something that has to be avoided or, or killed. Um, and then ultimately, it's really just helping it have its place, but not become the driver. And with that, a few weeks ago, uh, when Dan Gottlieb kicked off the series on vulnerability, he put it extremely well. So I, I called up that uh, clip. Just quickly. Too often, the part of our minds that are anxious, frightened, and vulnerable wind up in the driver's seat of our lives. What I often say to my patients is, you are Paying homage, you are kneeling down at the altar of anxiety. So you say to yourself, if I don't go out, I won't feel anxious. If I accomplish this, I won't be anxious, and I'll finally feel safe. If I avoid that, I won't be anxious, and I'll feel safe, and it all fails. What we want is not to kill the anxiety we never will, and not to avoid it, but not to put it in the driver's seat of our lives.
have love and compassion in the driver's seat of our lives. Now, easier said than done. So that's what professional therapy and a, a, a counselor can tell you. Uh, very, very apropos. Um, he was not told about our uh, sessions, but very much spoke to all of us, hopefully. I know that spoke to me. I immediately recorded that and kept that with me. And, um, and, and it's, a good, um, it's a good reminder day to day. Um, the other thing I'll say about the woods, so I'm going to pull up this image two more times, that if we are in the woods and there's that lightning strike. The other purpose that that lightning strike, it'll illuminate the woods, and the first thing you'll see is maybe there's fewer things to be anxious about, the bears, the lions, and the tigers, and the snakes. Um, and you might find out that the woods are surrounded by more people like us, other folks on the journey. And I think uh, Dr. Gottlieb says that really well, that you know, to, to not put it in the driver's seat and, and hold on to it lightly. Um, so with that, I also am continuing a tradition that Chuck started in these other two sessions by having a panel. Um, I asked all my friends and colleagues and family to volunteer, and I was lucky enough to get one. Uh, so uh, if she'll come up. Uh, for those uh, that don't know, this is my daughter, Tatiana. And, um, a brave soul for being here today. I really do appreciate it. Here, not because of anxiety, but because she, she's been a mentor and a coach and a counselor to me for life's anxious moments and dealing with them uh, quite well. So um, the other thing I, I thought is I did see pure anxiety once. And then when she was first born, came out of the womb, saw who her father was going to be, pure anxiety. Uh, so you can just, uh, so this is Tatiana. Hi, everybody. Uh, and I asked Tatiana to um, help think of, um, for three questions. One is, uh, choose any time uh, that anxiety has popped into her life. Um, maybe she thought she invented it. Maybe it felt like it was just there naturally. But just to speak to those, uh, a moment of anxiety. Well, it was hard to pick just one. <laughs> but for me, I think, um, I just graduated college this past May. And so that time, thank you. <laughs> um, that time was filled with a lot of fear and worry and ultimately anxiety for me. Um, and it led to me trying to make decisions that were not rooted in my own happiness, but in what my anxiety was telling me I had to do um, and how I defined myself because for 22 years I had only known myself as a student. And this is a totally new time for me, so it was filled with a lot of anxiety. God, thank you. So a time like of, of transition can bring in anxiety, and a time of um, ending what was a successful college, but it was the beginning of an unknown and, and a job search, right? Yeah. Okay. And do you remember um, at those times when anxiety felt like out in the driver's seat, what kind of things did you draw on and what helped? Well, for me, I think I spent a lot of time worrying about how other people would perceive my success after college. Spent a lot of time thinking about how you would think about my success after college, uh, how my friends, my family, my professors would consider 
all the things that had made me who I am and what I was going to do next. And I think I realized at one point that I was spending so much time worrying about how other people perceived my success that I stopped thinking about how I wanted to make myself happy. And ultimately, one way I helped myself through that anxiety was to sort of let go for a little bit about what other people were worried about for me and think about how I wanted to make myself happy. That's awesome. And now that you're past uh, that that part of the anxiety, and now um, Tatiana started a job beginning of March um, with a great place. Um, When you think back, what was the lesson when you you take that anxious moments, what you did about it, now you're past it and you have the job that you want, what would you say about the next time you feel anxiety striking? Was there any? I think a huge thing I took out of it was to be in the present moment and not so focused on down the line what was going to happen, but to really bring myself into the moment and and think about what was going on around me and how I was going to make the decision based on the present moment and not be so fearful of the future or the past. But all I could control was right is right now. So that's something that I think I'll carry with me. That's awesome. Well, thank you for coming here. I think you're very brave to, to come up here and share with us. So I appreciate it. From when Chuck and I were preparing for this, th- that, and that was, that was really un- unrehearsed, that is very much new church theology. Be present. Uh, that, and I, you know, I, I didn't plan for that, but it's, it's nice to see that the truth of new church theology can just come out in a moment like that. Um, but it is a good time to lean into it, be aware of it, and, um, and certainly um, break the cycle of it getting in the driver's seat. Um, I'll go to another quote that comes from, uh, as Chuck shares, uh, one of the prophets of of hope, Jeremiah. Uh, But it's beautiful, and I think there's another lesson here. So, So, but blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that send out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when he comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. That's a, that's a great um, saying. I think it reflects, um, and this is a little bit of a, of a silly metaphor, but that tree doesn't worry. It doesn't have anxieties. It, it knows it's grounded. It, it knows um, what it needs, and, and it has it. So, so with that, I thought that was a, a great way of uh, staying on top of um, with knowing that the you know Yahweh I am is enough. Um, so in summarizing where we where we've been, um, anxiety may be much maligned, naturally occurring, um, and when it happens, we're not responsible for it. Most of the times, not responsible for the anxiety. Um, the the potential choice of fanning those flames or calming them and get, breaking that cycle maybe is where we can be a little bit more active, maybe a little bit more aware, and a, um, more opportunity to lean into um, getting help for, for where that can go. Um, so that's the lightning side of the image. Uh, breaking the worry cycle, I think that's where we need to simply stop, pause, and reflect on other options. And those options can be so tiny, so 
inconsequential potentially, but the first thing, and, and we, we, we can take this from um, professional therapy, um, exposure and response prevention, it's called ERP, is oftentimes what the, you know, a counselor tells us um, is, is a helpful way to deal with anxiety. But it is just a chance to, to break the cycle and pause. And if we get there, I think that's probably 90% of it. And then lastly, if, if it feels like that strike is there, I think it's our opportunity to light the torch. Um, lighting the torch, bringing light to it, as, as the series kind of has shown us, is an opportunity to look at the woods a little bit differently. There's trailheads everywhere. This path isn't scary as it may have looked. There's trailheads that give us options, ones we can go down, turn back, find our footprints, go back and say that wasn't a productive path, and maybe choose other ones. Um, and that's why that image, and I'll bring it up one more time, of the woods was so powerful for me. And I, ho I hope to share maybe you know, a takeaway for, for each of you. Um, the, the other thought is when those woods do illuminate, um, it is the time to find out that there might be things to acknowledge are anxiety producing, we should be cautious about. Um, there are some real dangers, so anxiety can be uh, helpful there. But also the woods are filled with other people on their journey. And with that, um, we can reach out, find those people. Most of you know, them uh, might be sitting next to you today or a phone call away. Um, and the, that basically is how it works for me and uh, what's been helpful for me. So uh, I'll wrap it up. The vandals uh, get ready to come out and we'll close with a, a prayer. <clears throat> Yahweh, thank you for this chance to gather here and recall your words of, do not be afraid, I am. Help us this week to acknowledge if anxiety appears, to trust in you, trust that you are with us, to surrender and know we have strength to move past that moment. Bless those that face hardship. Bless those that are experiencing and beginning to move past hardships and the peace that comes with it. Let the anxieties of this congregation be met with warmth and love. Let each of us endeavor to connect to those anxious people we encounter. Be mindful that you are with them too. Help us love our anxious neighbors and seek forgiveness for the controlling anxious moments we may have burdened others with. Let our path be lit with your light. Amen. Thank you for listening. You can support this podcast at www.newchurchlive.tv.